it's a brand new day, and I hope it's a beautiful day where you are. I hope you and your family are doing well. Everyone here in the Simons family is doing just great, and I am so grateful for that. Hey, if it's your first time listening to this podcast, welcome. I'm so glad you're a part. This podcast is all about being better in every area of our lives. I want to give a big shout out to all of you who listen and who have subscribed. Um, You listen every week. I appreciate you. And I never take for granted that you take time out of your busy schedule to listen in. Hey, today on the podcast, I want to talk about something so special. And that something is you. (laughs) Okay, maybe we're going to go a little bit deeper than that. So let's go ahead and dive in. Brian Tracy said this. You are the architect of your own destiny. You are the master of your own fate. You are behind the steering wheel of your life. There are no limitations to what you can do, have, or be, except the limitations you place on yourself by your own thinking. Oh man, that is so good. David O. McKay said, Your thoughts are the architects of your destiny. Man, isn't that the truth? And we've all heard the saying, we need to think about what we're thinking about. I couldn't agree more with that. You know, I can think of something that happened to me personally that completely agrees and backs these statements that I just shared with you. Years ago, I decided to hold a meeting for all of the ladies in our church. At the time, we didn't have anything, any program designed specifically for them. I began to think about what I wanted, and I got a great team around me, and together we planned what I thought was a really, really exciting night. I mean, it wasn't your typical women's meeting that I grew up with. Y'all have to remember, I've grown up in church all of my life. (laughs) My second home was church. I have slept on pews. I have sat in three-hour services as a child on a weekly basis, mind you, (laughs) three to four times a week. I know many of you can relate to that. You know, I can think of a story that happened to me as a kid, and it probably happened to happened to me very often. You know, as a five and six and seven year old, I would sit on the front row with my mom on one side, and usually my brother Joel on the other side. And like I said, these services were long. We sang for a long time, and we sat for a long time. And Joel and I, we really had it figured out. We always brought paper and pens to church. And as soon as we sat down, we'd take out our paper and pens, and we'd we'd play tic-tac-toe. We played connect the dots. We played hangman. I mean, we played the games. (laughs) We were so spiritual. Many times while we were standing up, we'd get a little restless because we sang forever. And, you know, Joel would always make me laugh, and I'd get a little squirmy. And I don't know how my mom did it because she'd be standing there worshiping God with her eyes closed. She'd have one hand up in the air just worshiping. And she'd take that other hand that was next to me and she would just ever so gently with her eyes closed put that hand on the top of my arm and y'all, she would pinch the fire out of me. I don't know how she did it. I don't know how she knew it. Her eyes were closed. And the worst part was this. I couldn't react. <laughs> and Joel knew I was getting pinched, and he was laughing even more. And y'all, just one time, I wish my mom would reach over there and pinch the fire out of him. I don't think it ever happened. I don't know if he ever got pinched. Now I know why he always made me sit by my mom. <laughs> I hope mama isn't listening, but she knows it's the truth. Okay, that had nothing to do with what I'm talking about. But my point is this. I was always in church as a kid, and I knew what the typical women's ministry used to be like. And I didn't want my meeting to be like that. No offense to how it used to be. I just wanted to do something different. So our night was planned. 
And a few days before our, our event, I started thinking. And you know what? That's where the problem began. Because my thinking was not good thinking. I started getting worried. I began to wonder if anyone would come to our chick night. That's what we called it. Those thoughts start, started running through my head, and I knew we had planned a great night. And then I started thinking, you know what? I'm the speaker. What if nobody wants to come hear me? And one thought led to the other, and man, I began thinking maybe we should have never planned this night at all. I was so discouraged. Little by little, I was thinking myself out of the very event I had planned. I was thinking myself down. I was discouraging myself. I was disqualifying myself. I had almost convinced myself that I just couldn't go through with the night. I was home with my youngest, Ariella, and she was about four at the time. And we were both in my bathroom, and I was sitting in a chair trying to put on makeup. And the truth is, I was having a hard time even doing that because I was so worried, and I was so very discouraged. My daughter was playing on the floor behind me. Right in the middle of the silence... Ariella stood up and shouted out very loudly, Mommy, the devil is just a chicken. <laughs> I thought, what in the world? Where did that come from? I turned around and I looked at her and I said, what did you just say? She kind of got a little sassy and she put her arm on her hip and she looked at me eye to eye and she said, the devil is just a chicken. <laughs> Y'all, that came out of the blue. I realized out of the mouth of my four-year-old, she was speaking something to me. In other words, her little phrase to me was saying, Mommy, the God on the inside of you is greater than the fear that's surrounding you. Mommy, the enemy is trying to discourage you. He's trying to keep you from all that God has for you. You got this, Mommy. God is with you. He's for you, and he's in you. In you you got to remember, the devil, he's just a chicken. You know what, folks? I got me some spiritual backbone. And I begin to remind myself of who I am in Christ. And we had that meeting. And we had a ton of ladies show up. And we had the best time ever. And we continued to have those chick nights for years. But I can tell you this one thing for sure. Had I let the way I was talking to myself take precedence over what I knew God said about me, that night would have never happened. Discouragement would have won out. See, folks, what you think about yourself matters. Proverbs says, for as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Let me tell you what happens. What you think will eventually get down into your heart, and what's in your heart will always come out of your mouth. See, how you talk to yourself matters. I always say you have to be careful how you talk to, to yourself because you are listening. See, you'll never speak to anyone more than you speak to yourself in your head. The average person has 40,000 thoughts a day and 80%, oh my word, 80% of those thoughts are negative. We have to be above average. The truth is you usually become what you believe about yourself. So you have to start thinking differently about yourself. You have to start believing in yourself. Muhammad Ali always said, I am the greatest. He said, I said that even before I knew I was. I figured that if I said it enough, I would convince the world that I really was the greatest. See, something happens when you actually believe in you. Something happens when you actually believe what God says about you. Our thoughts matter, and we have to be proactive in thinking good thoughts. We have to be proactive in thinking God thoughts about ourselves. 
And in order to have better thinking, we're going to have to do some renovations on the inside. Now, let me give you some practical things that will help you renovate. Number one, we have to stop criticizing ourselves. See, folks, there are enough critics in this world. We have to stop being our own worst critic. Secondly, we have to stop thinking the negative thoughts. Yes, I'm talking to you, the one thinking negative thoughts about the way you look. Stop it. It's not as hard as you think. When a negative thought comes, recognize it and reject it. Thirdly, stop devaluing your worth. In other words, don't talk down to yourself. See, sometimes when you don't know your own worth, you tend to choose people who don't see your worth either. Fourthly, this is important, shake off that negativity that's been spoken over your life. Stop listening to who others say you are. Don't let other people decide who you are. You are not who they say you are, whoever they is. (laughs) You are who God says you are. Now, I know these are simple steps, but they only work if you put them into practice. See, folks, nothing will change if you don't make an effort to bring about a change. Okay, let me go a little bit deeper. What you believe defines who you are, and who you are affects generations to come. Let me say that again. What you believe defines who you are, and who you are affects generations to come. Let me bring it home to you. What you believe about you affects your children and what they believe about themselves. Oh man, that's so good. Let me say it again. What you believe about you affects your children and what they believe about themselves. You know it's true. See, you need to change the way you talk to yourself because your kids are listening. They're watching. They're looking. They're learning. They will more than likely do and act and respond and believe and think like you. So how's your thinking? See, and listen, folks, don't allow someone else to define who your children are. You stand up and speak life over those kids. Train them. Teach them who they are in Christ. Show them they are valuable and precious and loved. If you didn't listen to episode 13, This Will Change Your Family, you need to listen to that because I show you how to pray over your kids. And listen, tell them they're beautiful. Tell them they're handsome. If you're a dad listening to this, let me tell you something. You have no idea what the words that you say over your daughter do. Listen, I'm telling you from from experience, I'm telling you as a daughter, the power of, of the word that you speak over a, your daughter, man, it's life changing. The power of words like, I love you. I believe in you. You're something else. You can do anything you set your mind to do. When I think about the words my dad spoke over me, it made me into who I am today. I can't express it enough. Speak those words over your daughters. Mamas, I'm not leaving you out. You speak those words as well. And then over your sons, parents, tell them they're handsome. Tell them they're a blessing. Show them you believe in them. Tell them they can do great things. Don't let the world define who your children are. Now, maybe you haven't done it. Maybe it's uncomfortable for you. Maybe your father or mother didn't do it for you. Let me tell you something. Do it anyway. Change the course. Break the cycle of silence. 
I hear it often, April, I wasn't raised that way. My parents didn't talk that way to me. Change, don't change it. Don't repeat the cycle. It ran in the family until it ran into you. Start a new family tree. Begin a cycle of love and life giving and life changing words. Begin today. See, it doesn't matter if they're two or 22 or 42 or 62. Begin it today. Do you know you have the power right now to change things in your life and in your family's life? You really do. It can begin with you right now as you're listening to this podcast. Let me encourage you, get a better vision of yourself and your family. And I'm going to help you with that in just a few minutes. Begin to see yourself from a different light. Start talking to yourself like you matter. No more negative talk. Be kind to yourself. And then when you start to think unhealthy thoughts about yourself and negative thoughts, because it will happen, make the decision to stop thinking that thought. Because you know what? You have the power to stop it. Something happens when you stop listening to what your mind is trying to convince you about yourself. And you wholeheartedly grasp and believe that you're better than that. And you choose to believe what God says about you. See, change your thoughts and you'll change your life. Now, let me tell you who God says you are. You ready for this? This is good stuff. This is exciting. God says you're amazing. God says you are a masterpiece. God says you're lovely. Okay, I know you men, you don't want to be lovely. The next one's for you. God says you are strong. You are talented. You are beautiful slash handsome. You are chosen. You are worthy. You are accepted. You are favored. You are loved. You are made with purpose. You are more than enough. You are important to God. Now, someone is probably listening that is thinking your life doesn't really matter. Maybe you're all alone. Maybe you've been walked out on. Maybe you think God couldn't possibly care about somebody like you. Let me tell you something, friend. God does care. You matter. Your life is valuable. Your life is important to God. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. You are not your sin. And let me tell you something else. One thing that I know, don't you ever give up on God because God will never give up on you. I'm grateful that's true for all of us. The great thing is this, just like that, you can make a change. Just like that, you can change the course of your life and and your family's life. You don't need a new day to start over. You can start right now. Remember who you are. Remember whose you are. And then every single day, start showing up as that person. And hey, don't forget wise words from my four-year-old. The devil is just a chicken. (laughs) 